Hello and thank you for joining us today for the Crossroads Baptist Church radio and podcast ministry. I'm Pastor Jeffrey Lynn and today we are going to be studying in our Bibles the very first psalm, psalm number one. You could say psalm chapter one, that's fine, but uh, the very first psalm in your Bible, right about in the middle of your Bible if you're studying along with us today, we're going to go ahead and pray and then we'll see what the Lord has for us from his word. Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you so much for the blessings you've given us. Thank you for the word of God that we can study for our faith and for our life. Lord, help us now as we do just that to honor and glorify you with our treatment of your word and our response to it. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Psalm 1 is a relatively well-known psalm. If you've, if you've grown up in church, you've been around church very long, you've probably heard it mentioned. You might have heard a sermon on it. Um, it's, it's not the most famous psalm, I don't think, but it's, uh, that, that would probably be Psalm 23, the soldier psalm. But uh, Psalm 1 is a very important psalm, gives us some very important information that we ought to use to live by. It doesn't matter if you're young or old. It is uh, information that can be useful and very important to us no matter what stage of life we find ourselves in. So we'll start by reading the entire psalm. The Bible says in verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, but his, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand into judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So, the very the more uh, i guess you could say the more familiar verses of this psalm are the very beginning of the psalm the verse 1 blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful i have heard growing up in church i've heard this preached many times especially to young people about uh, making sure you're careful who your influences are, making sure you're careful who your friends are. And uh, this verse has been used in that way many times, and I think that's absolutely correct, absolutely accurate, and in context to do that. Uh, but I would say going beyond just that simple thought, let's consider, okay, if I'm not to uh, walk uh, if I'm not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful, where should I walk, stand, and sit? Uh, and really, it is a, a pretty simple thought, uh, nothing too deep, no deep waters this morning. But Micah 6.8 says, He hath shewed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. To walk humbly with thy God. How do we do that? 1 Kings 8, 61. Let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments as at this day. So we're not to walk in the we're not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We are to walk with God. We're to walk with God. And the way that we walk with God is by walking according to his commandments. You think about a child following after their father's footsteps or their mother's footsteps. They are not just following that person. They're not just walking with that person. They're walking in stride with that person. I, growing up, 
Uh, we had a cabin in Upper Peninsula, Michigan, and my dad and I, uh, we made a, a pretty good habit of going up there in the wintertime, which if you know anything about the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, in the wintertime, there's quite a bit of snow. And we would trudge our way in over three miles to get to this cabin on foot, and it was kind of our manly, you know, winter walk-in thing. There's no electricity, there's there's no, you know, running water, no cell signal, and we'd just do it. And it, and it was a blast. It was a great time with my father. Uh, but one of the things that I did, especially when I was younger, was he would be breaking trail. He would be pushing through that deep snow, and he weighed more than I did, at least in the beginning. Now it's probably backwards. But um, uh, I would walk in his footsteps, because if I stepped in a different place than where he stepped, it would be much more difficult for me because I would be blazing that trail myself. And so the same kind of concept comes with walking with God. We're, we're not supposed to be leading God. We're not supposed to just be walking next to God. We're supposed to be following in his footsteps and, and essentially obeying him. That's how we walk with God is through obedience to his word. That's what we see in Micah 6, 8 and 1 Kings eight sixty one. Now, Psalm 1 verse 1 also said, that we ought not stand in the way of sinners. Now, this isn't talking about getting in someone's way. Uh, it's talking about standing in the way of sinners, the way that they go, the path that they're on. We're not supposed to stand there. We're not supposed to be in that place with them. So where should we stand? Well, there's several verses we could look at in the New Testament about this. One of my favorites is 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen. The Bible says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. So we're not supposed to stand in the way of sinners. We're supposed to stand fast in the faith. Now, the difference is when you're standing in the way of sinners, you are in a way that is ungodly or in a way that is uh, destructive. You're in a way that uh, can only lead you in a wrong direction. It doesn't matter that you're not necessarily walking that path, but even just standing in that path is not being where you ought to be. But if we'll stand fast in the faith, if we'll stand fast in Christ, our Lord, then that is what we ought to do as Christians. Now, when it comes to the third part of verse 1, uh, the sitting in the seat of the scornful, uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 6, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so instead of walking in the counsel of the ungodly and standing the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of the scornful, if you are someone today listening to my voice who would say, you know what, I'm a Christian, I believe God, I've, I've been saved, I've asked Christ to save my soul. If you believe you're a Christian, then you ought not be walking or sitting or standing in those ways. You ought to walk, sit, and stand in the Lord and in his presence and in his word, in the faith. If we'll obey Psalm 1-1... Then it goes right back to the very first word of the psalm. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. If we will not do those things, if we will not do what it says don't do, the Bible says we'll be blessed simply by making sure we're in the right place doing the right thing, or at least not in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. What is there to be gained by fellowshipping with the ungodly? If you claim to be a Christian, what is there to be gained by hanging out with the ungodly, with sinners, and, and with the scornful? Now, I know we're all sinners, and if you're saved, you're a sinner saved by grace. But you understand the concept here. Uh, there's a saying that you are what you eat. The same principle applies to us socially and, and, and really spiritually. We become who we surround ourselves with. 
I've had some people make the claim, you know, you are what you read. You know, the people you read after, the books you study, and and you become, you kind of adopt those thoughts and those theologies and things. Understand that. It's the same kind of concept of you surround yourself with sinners and with scornful and with ungodly, then you're going to become those things yourself. And so the Bible says you are blessed if you don't put yourself in that position. Now, Verse number two says, but his delight, this is the blessed man, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now, this blessed man who stands not with sinners, but the Bible says his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. We similarly read in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. We understand the concept. If, you, if you've been saved any length of time, I hope you understand the Word of God is true. The Word of God is absolute. The Word of God is without error and without fault. And if you're at a church that doesn't believe that, then you're not at a church. Uh, God's church believes God's Word. And, and I would just encourage you, make sure you understand, uh, make sure you know that the Word of God is absolutely true. If you don't believe the Word of God, then how do you know you're saved? How do you know you're going to heaven when you die? How do you know there is a heaven? If God's word isn't perfect, if God's word isn't true and inspired by the Holy Spirit as it says it is, then what are you trusting it? And so if we will believe God's word is true, truly get a hold of that and believe it, and if we will believe and understand that it is God Almighty's message to us, then that desire will grow and that desire can be fostered by just getting into the word of God. The more we get into it, it seems the more we want it. And the longer we let it sit and collect dust, the less the the less we're prone to just pick it up and start again. Now, many Christians, many people who go to church every Sunday, uh, would claim that they love the Bible. But is that a claim or is that a fact? I can say I love God's word. I can say I desire God's word. But if I don't read God's word on a daily basis, if I don't read God's word and enjoy it, if I look at it as a chore, or if I look at it as something that I can put off until tomorrow, then I, I really don't desire God's word. I have, I have a, a faint desire, maybe, for God's word. That's not the kind of desire that we want to have. We want to have a desire for God's word where we value it as our daily food. Now, are we excited to open it up and study it? Are we excited about God's Word? A good example, if you'll turn with me, if you're in Psalm 1, go ahead and turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, longest chapter in the Word of God. Um, Verse number 97, we'll start. This is an example of a proper desire for God's Word. Psalm 119, starting in verse number 97, the Bible says, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. How many of us can think about, can just say, I think about the word of God all day long. That, that's, that's something already. Verse 8, Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I loved that one growing up in school. If you're listening to me and you're a college student or a high school student, uh, I liked that verse. That verse got me in trouble. I have more understanding than my all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Verse 100, I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. 
I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are thy words to my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth, though uh, through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. And then the verse that more of you probably will understand or recognize, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, this is just one of several examples you can find of the Word of God where, you know, we're, we're familiar with a verse, but really there's so many more amazing verses right around it. Uh, we, we've we probably grown up hearing about, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, but even starting in verse number seven, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. That is a, a convicting verse for me to read. I'm a pastor of a church. I've been preaching for more than half my life, been preaching the word of God. And I can't honestly every single day say, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Because you know what? There's there's bills. There's insurances. There's problems with the church people. There's problems outside of the church. There's family issues. There's there's all these other things that, that can get you distracted and that can pull your attention away from God's word more than just not reading your daily devotions, but even just not thinking about the Word of God throughout the day. And what I have found personally, even as a pastor, what I have found is the greatest defense to depression, the greatest defense to sin in our lives, the greatest defense to discouragement and all these things is just to remember passages from God's Word and to bring into your mind and think about, okay, I'm having a bad day today. Uh, you know, what can I think about to cheer me up? All right, well, how about the how about blind Bartimaeus? And think about the story of blind Bartimaeus. I'm having a bad day today. Uh, I don't know how it could get any worse. And you think about, oh, well, I, Jesus cleansed lepers in the Bible. I, I don't have leprosy. Leprosy would be pretty bad. I definitely could be worse. What am I complaining about? And he, I hope you understand the idea here. It doesn't make everything go away. We still have responsibilities. We still have issues in our lives, and that's just going to going to be the case until we die because we're in this sin-cursed world and sin-cursed bodies, uh, living among other sin-cursed people and, and feeling the effects of sin in our lives. But until, we, until the day of redemption comes, until the Lord comes back to get us or we die and go to meet him in heaven, we're going to have to live with all this junk down here. And so one of the greatest things that we can do to help our own walk with God, help our own daily living, is to just obey Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now we're out of time for today, but I would encourage you to continue reading in this Psalm 1 and see what the Lord will open your eyes to, to view and to behold. It is such an amazing passage of the Word of God, and we'll probably get into it some more later on in a further lesson. God bless. Have a wonderful day.